0: Welcome back to the Fit CFO Show. I'm your host, Amanda Hanquist, and together with my husband, Sean, we created this podcast as a way to help you reach your business's financial goals. We will break down common financial myths and mistakes in business and share with you the tools and knowledge to take your business to the next level. Our hope is that you'll become financially equipped for success in your business and in turn help our mission to make this world a healthier place. If you get valuable information out of this podcast, we just ask that you please share it with your audience and leave us a review so that we can continue to grow and help health and fitness businesses succeed. Today on the show, we are breaking down one of our most frequently asked about topics and maybe the one that we get wrong a lot of times. Who should we hire first, and what's the difference between a W-2 employee and an independent contractor, sometimes referred to as a 1099, and when is the best time to hire for your business? We are breaking down all of these things, the differences between them, for you today on the show. This is the Fit CFO Show. All right. I'm turning on on my heater. My little space (laughs) heater.
1: Oh, good Lord.
0: So cold we had this snow snor- snorm- the snore the storm storm overnight that we didn't even know about at least i didn't
1: i thought it was going to come the day before so i, I knew just, something was coming
0: Thought it was the day before um yeah i just thought it we was a there. it was
1: a pretty snow like it came out to like three four inches of just powdery white snow and it was wasn't terribly,
0: no, it's nice. it's almost the end of February. I'm over any kind of snow at this point. Pretty. I did feel
1: a little bad because all our neighbors were out with their snow blowers, and I just drove over. <laughs> all <people laughs> of us have trucks. So we, we all just
0: have four wheel drive trucks. We're just like whatever. It'll melt this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Same. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, today we. I'm actually. I actually love this topic. Um, And this is all about employees. So I love this topic because how cool is it that we can give our passion and purpose and have the ability to bring other people on board to that passion, mission and purpose and give them a job that they can put food on the table with for their families. I just think that is so cool. Um, when we're talking about hiring and having employees within our businesses yeah
1: so that's a unique dynamic because I know how as, as people start scaling it's like just more people more problems right like it just happens but like I think at the beginning that's would be everybody like every entrepreneur's dream is to create this entity this enterprise with employees speaking your mission and growing and scaling ultimately so you can live your dream and maybe you'll step out and be more the ceo of the business or even step out yep. of the CEO role and more just the founder role um so there's a lot of power behind a team yeah and i absolutely love it and and we've really grown as a team like personally yeah. and that's been fun like there was for a long time like we were just kind of felt like on an island and now we have all these team members and it's
0: yes and it's like oh my gosh I don't have to do that. Sean just asked me about billing today and I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. This. I don't do that anymore.
1: <laughs> but it, it's super cool to watch and be a part of. Yeah, there are some growing pains, but I absolutely love love it and see people grow within the, the organization. is super awesome.
0: Yeah, and for us to be able to watch your businesses do that too is amazing. Yeah. Um, but what we don't want to see is this thing that we call a bottleneck. And what that, what I call the bottleneck in business is where you have hit a point where you have so much fulfillment, meaning maybe you had a launch, maybe your business has really taken off and you have customers, clients, um, flooding in and mm-hmm. you are so overwhelmed. You don't know what to do other than just start bringing on help. Right, And it's almost like throwing a freaking life raft out there, um, hoping that yeah. somebody latches on. And that's that's what we don't want to see because then what happens is then you give that coach or whoever you hired the surplus of clients and then stuff dies down. And yeah. now yeah. all of a sudden you're like, crap, they don't have any clients. So now I'm going to have to start giving them my clients. And now my business is in a really tricky spot. Yeah. And yeah.
1: Could, so sorry to interrupt there, but like, It's so true. Like I've worked with hundreds of coaches by now and last Mm -hmm. four years, and I've seen a lot of this initial organic growth of success. And then we bring on team members and assistant coaches, and then that organic kind of dries up a little bit. And as you're trying to rebuild and gain your foundation and, and gain your, you know, spot in the market, like there is a lowland in income and it can be very stressful. So that is so true.
0: That's what we're going to try to, I guess, bridge that gap because there may not be an immediate fix for you. If you've gotten to that point where you've hired um, and, and now you don't have fulfillment for them immediately and you don't have as much coming in. Um, but what we're going to do is we're going to explain the difference in employees mm-hmm. and, and how you can best prepare your business for the hiring process Um, because we don't always see an immediate ROI on employees. We don't always see that hiring a subcontractor or a coach for fulfillment is always the best route to go. Um, And so I want to kind of break that down for you today and explain what types of employees there are out there. Who they uh, are best for and when to hire them, and at what point is your business really ready to take that scale?
1: Yeah, for sure. Let's dive into the, I think you wanted to kind of describe the differences between what is a W 2 employee and what is a contractor, because a mm-hmm. lot of clients, when we initially talk to them, when they talk about their employees, And then once we dive in, we really find out they have a team of subcontractors.
0: Well, and I
1: kind of want to dive into the differences, or
0: yeah. So I've had the really awesome and unique ability to be on both ends of this. So I have owned and operated uh, an insurance and financial services uh, agency for twelve years, and that allowed me to scale at a slower pace to get to the point where I needed an administrative assistant to help me with the things that I didn't have time to do, um, answering phone calls, client paperwork, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so that was a W two employee from the get-go, right? Mm -hmm. Um, they were X number of hours. I needed them to show up at the office and I needed them to fulfill X, Y, Z. And then they went home for the day and then they received their, their W two paycheck. Um, Then there's the other side of things where I had Envision Nutrition. At one point, I had eight coaches working for me um, and a part-time administrative assistant. That was a huge challenge because there were ebbs and flows in business. Some of those coaches had two clients on my team. What on earth was that doing for, for those coaches. Right. But what was that doing for my business? And so I've had this unique ability to see both sides of the employment, um, yeah. I guess, spectrum.
1: Yeah, no, that's, that's for sure. That's, that's true. I've seen it, um, on my end. And then I would have to say a lot of our like gym owners and brick and mortars, they're W2 employees from the get go. Cause there's been a yep. lot of rules and, and crackdown on that, but on our online, space of our health and fitness coaches, majority of um, their workers are subcontractors. And it just seems like that's probably the easiest way to go. You know, that's what their peers are doing. And that's what they're bringing on as this subcontractors. But but I will say
0: that I will say that from what I hear and see, a lot of uh, business owners are hiring these these online health and fitness uh, coaches are hiring subcontractors, but using them as w two employees. Yes. That's the yes. difference that I want to make clear for you guys today.
1: so the diff the the issue with that, I mean, you guys, uh, oh, I say you guys, but like the industry could go on forever and probably you know, maybe not audited. but if you were to be audited and they deem all your subcontractors employees, Now you're going to have to go back and pay the employee side and the employer side of FICA taxes from day one. Mm -hmm. So you could have years of FICA taxes, a 15.3% of what all your contractors had made over the years. And you could have a six-figure type of tax bill if you're audited and they deemed your subcontractors as employees.
0: And so those are the the consequences that could occur. And as if any of you have ever worked with an employer or been an employer, you know that employer employee situations aren't forever and ever always positive, right? I mean, sometimes crap happens and, and it's not always that great. So you would right. never want that issue to be brought up down the road. And so we just want to make sure you're aware of these consequences. Now let's talk Sean for a little bit about, okay, say that I am hiring. Um, we, I think we all know a W-2 employee is somebody that you have on payroll that you are um, subject to paying your employer share of taxes. Yep. You are um Giving them specific hours to work, you are giving them specific job duties with, with specific expectations. Yeah. That essentially is a W-2 employee. You can right. literally control the entire circumstance
1: of the situation. How much they get paid, when mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, so you're controlling the engagement, I would have to say. So the yep. subcontractor side of things, and and by all means, all your Helpers could be subcontractors if it is handled correctly and, yeah, and has absolutely. a like a certain process, but yeah,
0: we're not sub- saying we're not saying go and like release all of your subcontractors because you're are doing making W-2s, but
1: right. you would have to make sure you we, draw a line. Yep. We just want end. to
0: make sure you're fully aware of your commitment here.
1: Yeah. So why don't you go down like the subcontractor? Um, and maybe like their roles and how would how would you be able to deem somewhat a subcontractor?
0: Yeah. So a subcontractor is really somebody. So when, when I think of subcontractor, I think of somebody like, I don't know how to code on a website, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to hire somebody to do this job. I would like you to have it done by March 15th. That would be great. Right. Right. Um, I am willing to pay five hundred dollars to have this specific thing completed.
1: Right. And they might say it be it's a thousand, right? Right. They and then you could the have prices. some
0: negotiation there. Yep. That is what I think of when I think of a subcontractor or independent contractor. Um, another situation would be let's say that you are scaling and growing very quickly and you just need help with fulfillment. And uh coach Sally Joe over here. Mm. Um teaches people about macros. She right. provides workout programming and I just need her to help me with this excess fulfillment of clients. Right. Right. And so I'm going to offer coach Sally hundred dollars uh, per client, but,
1: but to be honest, coach Sally can determine what she wants to
0: coach Sally can say, no, I, I want 150. I'm sorry.
1: Yep. And yep. because you can't control her pay. Basically yep. she tells you what the service is worth.
0: She is her own employee. She yep. can determine how much she wants to get paid. Now you when don't have to works. pay her; you can find somebody else, right? Right. Um, how much she wants to get paid, when she chooses to work, and how right. she chooses to do right. her job. You and are what choosing, method
1: she's coaching your coaches on, right? Or yep. Your clients on.
0: So if you are somebody that has a proven program and a specific method and a specific belief in how you want your clients to go through um, your fitness program. You technically can't force your subcontractor to do it in that manner.
1: Yeah. They're going to do it their way, their their roles. Mm-hmm. So now then you'd see. be looking more of an employee W-2 arrangement yep. when you have your methods, your process, your systems.
0: Yeah.
1: And you want yep. them to implement for you on your behalf, representing your company with your method, then that would be, I would have to say, and you can tell them this is how much I'm going to pay you. And this is when you have. To work, that would be a W 2 arrangement.
0: Yep, absolutely. And so there's just, you know, a huge line that I don't think has been drawn in the sand in the industry. I really think it's very gray and muddy.
1: Right. Because if you can get away with not paying the employee portion of the employment taxes and save some money and it's just easier. Right. So no wonder why we go down that route first.
0: Well, and not only that, but if you're like, Hey, I had a launch. I have fixed 50 extra clients right now. Okay. I'm not going to need you in six weeks when this challenge or program is over. Cool. I just need you temporarily. I don't want
1: to,
0: I don't want to be committed to you. I don't want to have you on, on quote unquote staff when you only have two clients for me, I'm going to just go ahead and take over those two clients.
1: And nor would you have time to train them on your methods.
0: Right. And so that's really the difference between a W-2 and a subcontractor oh, or independent contractor.
1: I think there would be another one I, um, is when our clients hire us, we're a subcontractor for them.
0: Yes, absolutely. So let's say that you decide because you're like, man, I am screwing up this whole bookkeeping thing. Yep. I have no idea. I am not doing the e-file 800 tax thing. I don't know how to do that. Um, you can hire Fit CFO to do the work for you. And we would technically be a subcontractor for you. You are hiring us to get your uh, taxes done for you by April 15th or March 15th for corporate. And making sure it's compliant with the IRS, making sure red flags are not going to be raised as best as we can. You're hiring us to do that for you. You don't know how to do it. Now you're not controlling specifically how we do it. You just understand that it's yeah. going to be completed in a time, by the time we say it's going to be.
1: And FIT CFO says, this is a price that we're going to charge. And this is yep. our services we're going to deliver to you. That is a subcontractor arrangement. Yep. You know, and, and uh, most of the industry, that is all they're ever going to need as a subcontractor on the financial side of things because there wouldn't be enough work to have a full-time $150,000 accountant inside your firm. It just wouldn't make financial sense.
0: A lot of places like bigger institutions do have full-time accountants, full-time CFOs, things like that. However, if you are not somebody that can bring on that type of specific position that pays 150, dollars $200,000 a year, then you obviously need to subcontract that out.
1: I just hope that really kind of paints the picture of like the W-2 versus subcontractor. And then ultimately you can make the final decision, like, your, your professionals are not going to make that decision for you. You have to decide, okay, is this a W-2 or is this a subcontractor? So we really just want to lay the, the groundwork of like helping you determine what you should be doing with your contractors or employees.
0: Let's talk a little bit about when or how to know when our business is ready for that. Let's say that you are, because here's the thing, I I am such a believer in hiring nurses and not doctors. And let me let me, I guess get clear on what I mean by this. I feel like we we have a, a mission. we have a purpose. We are spending so much time and energy on credentials, on certifications, on continuing education. We know our stuff. We know exactly what we believe in and and you're not going to hire um, another one of you to do what you do, unless you're ready to really scale your business. Now, let's say that you are marginally scaling and you just need help with excess stuff. Wouldn't it make more sense for you to hire an executive assistant to help you with paperwork and billing and systems and processes and the stuff that's maybe a $15, $20 an hour job versus Mm -hmm. somebody that's literally doing what you do what people are hiring you for. They're not hiring you to work with your assistant. They're hiring you to work with you.
1: Yeah. So I like where you're going with this because I do see a lot of times some of the first hires is assistant coaches for fulfillment in in the industry on the online side. And ultimately I don't like that arrangement because the compensation structure yeah, because let's just say that the the coach or yourself could make seventy five to hundred bucks an hour doing the coaching, and you are finding yourself outsourcing that to your subcontractor, and they're making the seventy five to hundred bucks an hour, and you yourself are taking on less clients and doing the paperwork, the fifteen to twenty dollar hour job. or even like content
0: business. creation or podcasts, direct editing DMing, right? and.
1: So I would, you know, I I would think would it make sense to keep the higher like, um, dollar an hour type of job in my hands. Yeah. So get all the other fulfillment, all that other stuff out of the way that can be done by maybe not someone of your skill set. And then once that's done and fulfilled, and now you're still taking on and bringing on more clients, that's when you could hire maybe the assistant coach, um, as an employee or contractor, whatever makes sense for you. And then that way you're not going to have that, um, I would like to call it like a, a cash flow bottleneck within the business, because yep. a lot of times when you're outsourcing the coaching, the high dollar and dollar stuff, and you're leaving everything else to yourself, it really hurts the profitability of the business. And then, therefore, it hurts the cash flow and you run out of money or you spin your wheels.
0: And I think it really depends too on you need to, and this is where the business plan comes in. And we do have a business plan template that you can utilize for your business on our website. Um, I am a believer in this. Some people are like, just drink your coffee and F and go. And yeah, you do have to do that. But I think ultimately when, if we're not Alex Hermosi, <laughs> which most of us are not, we should probably have some kind of a plan in place. What that plan is going to do is allow you to say, do I want to be a CEO and oversee this business? Right. Um, or do I want to Help people. Do I want to change lives? Do I want to implement what I believe in?
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: so if that's the case, and and sometimes it might take you a little bit to figure that out too. Right. Um, but if that's the case, then you need to be hiring people that can help you with marketing strategy and content creation and, and podcast editing. If you have one, um, helping you do the things that take you a lot of time, but aren't immediate moneymakers, yeah. immediate moneymakers are making your clients really freaking happy and they're sending you referrals.
1: Right. 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 Yeah. And so I would have to say that model that you're explaining, I like to call it more of a lifestyle practice. That it's going to be a very profitable business, very high cash flow, successful type of business, but your scale is going to be a little bit more limited because you're, you only personally have so many seats on your bus. Yep. And then, so you're hiring contractors, maybe, maybe they're employees. I don't know, doing the the behind the scenes type of stuff, so you can do the fulfillment and the high dollar stuff, and you can run a very successful practice. I've seen them upwards of a million dollars with seventy percent profit margins and you're making 70 cents on the dollar, that's pretty damn good living. So that is the the lifestyle model. Now, the entity model or the enterprise model is when you're going to be bringing on teams of people. You're going to be bringing on employees to not only do the sales and the marketing, but the fulfillment. And you're going to do that early. And more than likely, they're going to be employees so they can implement your methods. Yep. And ultimately, what you're trying to do is build a business that you can step back at, and just be the founder or- And then you can go do
0: other things like real estate or whatever. Because you're going to
1: have the cash flow. You have the cash cow from the one thing. And and that's good that all that's all being taken care of. And then you're going to be able to potentially bring that to market and be sellable someday.
0: Now, keep in mind, this journey isn't an overnight thing. This is going to take some (laughs) long times of 14, 18 hour days of putting in the work, you being- And not getting
1: paid. And not, and even not pay.
0: Pay.
1: <laughs> yeah. because I, I mentioned that it's it's gonna be a low profit margin because you're gonna to have to reinvest back in the business to bring on the team members. Yep. But ultimately someday you're gonna outrun that and it's gonna have enough profit that you can scale back a little bit or you can bring it to market and sell it.
0: Yep. And this is not where much. we talk about profit margin a lot, and that's that's what we're referring to when we're being able to outrun that and scale.
1: Nope. So you, you have your entity model, um, expect lower profit margins, but you're, you're building something bigger than yourself. And then you have your lifestyle practice, which it's, it's going to be you. It's probably not going to be sellable, but it's going to be. And, and I model. don't
0: want to minimize the term or I don't want to minimize the entity by calling it a lifestyle practice because we have so many amazing stories of people that are or coaches that are so successful with a lifestyle practice and they are making Two, three four hundred thousand dollars a yeah. year and they are loving it and they are they're accomplishing their mission and their what they set out to do but ultimately they're the doctor in the business right yeah. and they have assistants helping them out they maybe have a w-2 coach that is using their framework to yeah. work with clients
1: but ultimately they're fulfilling their life their need yep. Um, and ultimately they're not going to have a sellable business. So they're going to need to be saving more of that net cash flow for their financial future.
0: Yep. Absolutely. I think of, um, you know, like kind of like a weight watchers type of deal when we're talking about entity, there is a specific uh-huh. method, a specific process, and it's an entity and you don't know who the owner of that entity is. They're not the face of the company, right? But if you are Sally Joe fitness, you're probably somebody that needs to be hiring the the contractors for assistance with mm-hmm. the things that you don't have time to do. And then when you're ready to take your proven method to uh, like, let's say that you're absolutely um, to the point where you can't handle any more clients and you have people helping you with your content creation, your editing, your billing, all of the other things that you essentially have hired out, that's when you're ready to scale and bring on another person to help you coach with clients.
1: Yeah. So I guess at the end here, um, W2 employees, subcontractors, what is going to fit within your business? Ultimately, I think you have to decide what you're trying to create.
0: Yep. And that's where the business plan comes in. And like I said, sometimes you have to be in it for a little bit to really know what you truly enjoy. You know, I think sometimes we we have gone through our own amazing journey and you hear that your um, ideal client avatar is the person that you used to be that you saved and helped come through that is amazing. But sometimes we get to that journey and we get to that point point, we realize, you know, I really like working on the business more than I like working in the business. And then that's when you may decide, maybe I do want this to be an entity and I can be the CEO and build it out structurally like that. Yeah. Maybe it is a situation where that fire is lit the rest of your life and you truly want to help people in their journey. And that is the lifestyle practice that we're talking about.
1: Yeah. And there's not one right way of doing it. it just, There's not one uh, right or one wrong. No, and, and it's not like you can't change courses. Absolutely. Right um, but I do want to preface, if you are hiring subcontractors and you feel like it's a little muddy, um, maybe review your contracts that you have them sign. And maybe you're going to have to reword some things to make sure it aligns with a subcontractor arrangement. Or maybe you should truly have a conversation with your financial professional or someone in the know of, hey, should I be looking at converting this subcontractor to a W-2 employee for long-term you know, liability protection so yeah. I don't have a big tax bill? Because it kind of looks, smells, feels like an employment arrangement, but I'm paying them as a subcontractor. It's not like to you- To avoid
0: paying taxes.
1: Yeah, basically to avoid paying taxes. Yeah. So it doesn't hurt to go ahead and have that conversation and maybe bring them on as a W-2 employee. Yep. And then, you know, a lot of times when you're working with a financial like firm like us, we already have the payroll platform, we already have things in place that's not going to be any any additional work on your end to do any of that.
0: Yep, absolutely. Yeah, so just really ask yourself, does this look, feel, smell like a W-2 employee situation or is this really a subcontractor situation? Review the documents you have with them. Um, the thing is, is when you are hiring a subcontractor, you should not have that bottleneck feeling. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like if you're hiring a true subcontractor and they're helping you during a busy time and fulfillment, when that busy time has reached its point, And you don't necessarily need them anymore. You can let them go. Like we're done with, we're done. We're done here. Right. Right? Um, And so I think that's the difference is, is you're treating your, your subcontractor like a W-2 employee and you can't exactly just let your W-2 employee go as easily.
1: Yeah. And we're a big believers in W-2 employees and building a brand and Mm -hmm. doing it right from the beginning. So like all of our clients are all our um, employees or W-2 employees that come on board with us, because we are controlling their hours. We are controlling that. We do want to build a culture. We do want to build a brand.
0: Now I will say there have been points where I have been very, very busy. I've had to have some uh, subcontracted to help with social media, but I, they build me for that. Mm. I paid that bill. I needed them for about six weeks and then I didn't need them anymore. So they're like, it, it was a, I need you for X, Y, Z. I need you to help fulfill during this busy time. And now we're done. And if I need you again in the future, that's great.
1: But let's talk about maybe bringing on a W-2 employee, like uh, administrative assistant. Okay. Yeah. So ultimately when you cross that bridge, you get busy, busy, busy. It's been you yourself doing everything. And now you're looking for relief. You're looking for help. So you're going to bring on that W-2 employee, right? And they're going to need training. You know, for the first 90 days, like you might not get that much time relief because you're going to be busy training them everything that they need to do. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, so what that means is that's a cost center to your business because you're probably not going to ultimately be able to go and produce more revenue because you're not really freeing up any time the first 90 days. Yeah. So what do we need to do? We need to plan for that first hire. And that's where the, the fit pro profit formula comes into play that we put out there is yes. that's what that profit account would be for. So we're going to save for the next three months or the next six months, put three months of that administrative assistance salary in that profit account. Now we can bring on this assistant. And,
0: and you guys, if you can't do that, like if the revenue is not there for you to do that, then your answer is there.
1: you can not ready to bring
0: on. Yeah.
1: You maybe have a pricing issue, maybe you have something else going on, but you're not ready to bring that.
0: Fix that because we don't have the cash flow to support an employee
1: right now. So make sure. So before you go out and commit to someone and hire someone by putting it in that profit account each month for the next three months, that means you can afford to bring on that administrative assistant. Yep. And then when you do bring them on, then you have that salary there you have a runway. So you don't have to like, oh man, this isn't really helping. Like I'm getting freed up a little bit, but they need my time a lot and I'm not growing my revenue. And then you end up pulling the plug and firing them and it just doesn't work. So have a runway so you can have success at this.
0: Yep. Absolutely. We're all about, and here's the deal. We are all about having it right from the get-go so that you don't have to back up. We're all about laying out the firm foundation from the beginning. If you really want a sustainable, profitable business, that's not going to leave you overwhelmed and wanting to quit. But we also realize that sometimes we maybe are in the messy middle and didn't get it right. And so Mm -hmm. how do we fix it? And we guys, we want to be able to answer those questions for you. So make sure that you, you know, are involved in our Facebook group, asking your specific questions because we know each of you has a different situation and right. maybe hired at different points and you're like, oh crap, what do I do now?
1: Yeah. And you can scale like pretty big until you need to start doing this. I mean, I've seen 150 000 to 250,000 solo practices. So
0: yeah, I just think some sometimes time, it gets a little starry eyed or for whatever reason, it's like an ego thing. Well, oh, I have eight coaches, or you know, yeah. it, you know what? Let's let the ego aside and let's do it
1: the right Google way. Structure and then build the mm-hmm. solo foundation by yourself to you get the point yeah. that now you have enough free cash flow to start hiring to really lay the foundation and grow. And I think that would be the right play for everybody out there is go at it. And then once you have the excess cash flow, it's saved. Now you make your hire. Okay, that hire works out. Now I've created more excess cash flow. Now I bring out my next hire. Um, And just keep on scaling from there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because it's a lot easier to do it from the get-go that way than it is to have to backpedal and undo things. um, Put other people that maybe you've made promises to in a financial hardship, maybe they have a family to support. It's just so much easier to do it right from the start. And here's the deal. If you, I'm going to say the term, know your numbers right? Meaning you're looking at your financial statements at least quarterly, then you're going to know ahead of time, you're going to be able to forecast that. And these are all things that, that we talk about. And, um, it can be such an amazing feeling and an amazing thing, growing this team, growing this mission, but you're going to be able to sustain that a lot longer. Um, If you do it right from the beginning, and if you, like I said, if you haven't done it right from the beginning, be sure to reach out because we want to be able to answer those questions and help you figure it out because it's never too late.
1: So what's really exciting, and I don't know if I can say this yet, um, it'll probably be out before uh, we have this aired, but we're launching um, an HR. So we're going to have a team just on the HR, human resources side within Fit CFO, because a lot of our coaches are growing and scaling hiring and firing employees and not knowing how to do any of that. So that's going to be an offering that we're going to be rolling out. That's going to be super cool. And I have a feeling that most all of our scaling um, coaches or scaling businesses are going to definitely need it. Um, So super excited about that. We have the professional already on the team that has experience in HR. So um, look out for that here in the next month or so.
0: Yeah. So um, that is going to be something that you guys can, I guess, take the weight off of your shoulders with, because who has the time to deal with employee handbooks and all the paperwork and headaches that come with it? I remember, I remember when I had my agency and I was like, oh, I should probably have some kind of guideline, like yep. dress code or office hours or response time when a client has a question. Like, right. so many things need to be laid out and in place. And how do you know what these just traditional professional guidelines should even look like? Um. Yeah. offer a Yeah,
1: letting people go and how to do it the right way. So
0: right, so you don't get sued.
1: (laughs) So it's going to be a a complete offering that we're going to have. It's going to be awesome.
0: How does unemployment work if somebody can't find a job and files unemployment on me? (laughs) You know, (laughs) experienced it all.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So yeah. So if you guys have specific questions about hiring um, W two employees, subcontractors, when to hire which one, how you know if your business is ready. Um, or let's say you're in a position where you've kind of backed yourself into a corner and you're not really sure how to get out of it. It's not too late. There are solutions. Um, just be sure to reach out to us, guys. I'm gonna post a link to our Facebook group in this podcast show notes. Um, so be sure to hop on there. Our CPA pops in there, our CFP pops in there. Um, I'm always in there. So be sure to be in there asking questions. We go live every single month on topics that you guys have questions about. And so, um, be sure to engage and ask away. We are here to make this world a healthier place. And we do that by helping you guys sustain a profitable business. Thank you guys for listening and we will catch you in the next one.
1: Catch you next time. Thanks.
0: If you like this episode, please be sure to subscribe and turn on your notifications so that you don't miss a beat. We'd love it if you'd share this podcast, your Instagram story, your Facebook page, or any of your other social media platforms so that we can help other health and fitness entrepreneurs out there succeed in business. We so appreciate you listening in and until next time, keep your goals high, but keep each step attainable.